0: You're listening to What the Hell is Michael Jammin Talking About? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about creativity. I'm talking about writing. And I'm talking about reinventing yourself through the arts. Hey, everyone. It's Michael Jammon, And I'm new. I'm all new right now because I've done a, bre- a rebrand on, our, on the podcast. It was called, obviously, Screenwriters Need to Hear This. And then Phil and I were talking and uh, we kind of wanted to open up the conversations a little bit. So it's not just about screenwriting. And so it's more about, I, I was really getting to talking about people doing all sorts of creative things. I just think it's inspiring. We'll, we'll still talk about screenwriting, of course, but I wanted to open up the conversation for, to more people who are doing things that hopefully inspire all of us to just live more creative lives. And Phil, don't, don't, don't get upset. Phil is still here. Still is You're not going Phil away. Is, he's very much involved in all this. But the title, of course, of the new show is uh, "What the hell is Michael Jamon talking about?" Uh, and we'll be answering that question. What the hell am I talking about? And yeah. uh,
1: go ahead. And Phil. I think the, I think the focus in our conversations were really about creativity because you're you're a bit more than just a screener. You know, when we started this, it was with a specific purpose. We should also point out, this is episode 104, which is mm-hmm. two years of doing podcasts. So it was a good time to take a step back, reassess. Things have shifted a lot in the industry. Things yeah. have shifted a lot for you personally. Your What you've done over the last two years is pretty phenomenal in terms of growing a following, becoming yeah. a bit of a celebrity, becoming a bit of an expert in a lot of news, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a shift to, to, I think, speaking a little bit more to who Michael Jammon is beyond just being a writer and a showrunner but being a true creative. And-, and, and I should mention, so Phil
0: speaks with authority because he runs a digital marketing agency called Rook SEO. So this is, you know, yeah. he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he, he knows <laughs> the space well. So that's, uh, that's why we're, so, but, but without further ado, I guess the, this episode, we were just gonna talk a little bit more about, right? What, how far, the changes we've made, what we've seen in the past two years, and hopefully maybe what we're, what we're moving towards.
1: Yeah. I thought it would be fitting, Michael, just to kind of talk about some statistics around what the success of the podcast, the success of your work as uh, doing your own personal marketing. Uh, and I want to remind everybody that the whole point of this was so that you could market your book. So you're taking yes. and eating your own advice. And I think yeah. it's very important people for people to know. You, If, if I think of like Michael Jamminisms, like what are some of the things your catchphrases and the things mm-hmm. you say, some of those are you know, don't wait, put it out there, put yeah. yourself out there, right?
0: Stop asking wait.
1: for permission is what Stop I say. Stop asking for permission. Yeah. Yeah. There are a bunch of those that could be really good slogans for hats, which you, yeah, you should consider. A lot
0: of this really, and, and I guess maybe it's fitting that this, that I am the first interview of what were the, the new brand is, is because yeah. a lot of this is about like re- reinventing yourself. This whole journey that I've been is about reinventing myself. I was a sitcom writer. That's what I was until I started going online and making a podcast and posting every day, and now I'm something else. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's
1: definitely morphed. So let's talk a bit about that, right? So we're 104 episodes into the podcast. Yeah, that's that's big. I, I think the statistic I saw like a week ago is that the average podcast has six episodes, which means <laughs> it's a lot people, of work. Yeah, it is. And it's a lot of money too. I don't think people mm-hmm. recognize that you're investing in editors. You've got yeah. you know people doing graphic design. Um, there's a lot of it. There's the hosting of the sites. I mean, every time you do a webinar, a site crashes and I have to like freak mm-hmm. out and like, run in and like make sure we're back up. And it's yeah, it's a whole thing. So there's a lot that goes into this, but it's 104 episodes on lots of different topics, all centered around creativity, largely mm-hmm. around Hollywood and screenwriting. But I, I personally, as I have gone through and produced and helped edit some of the episodes, uh, it's very clear to me that you get a lot of joy from having these creative conversations. Yeah,
0: that's what interests me the most. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and it's not so much about like, hey, you're a screenwriter. It's like, hey, you are a creative person mm-hmm. who's putting themselves out there and trying to make something happen. Yeah, and. Your audience speaks to this as well so in the digital marketing space when we think about this we we think about an avatar and an avatar or a persona it's your ideal customer it's the person you're going after and anytime Mm. you're doing marketing it's a mistake or it's folly to not do that you want to understand who you're targeting and it was very clear two years ago well i'm a writer i'm a tv writer um let's talk about what i know which is screenwriting to people who are screenwriters. and i pointed out you should do that because there's a lot of bs out there yeah and what is your take on that? Two years into this, what is your take on BS advice and kind of advice in general? Maybe through the lens of the questions you get asked.
0: What is my take on? It? I I feel like you have, you're you you're you're prompting me to say something. What what are you trying to? What are you what are you getting at, Phil? I don't. Know. I
1: just wa- I'm not trying to lead the witness. I huh? just want to know what is your take <laughs> on the on the marketplace for screenwriters, um, having you know, been immersed on the public because you've always been you you know. But then you're like getting all these questions from people. You did a bunch of live Q and A's for like a year, just talking to people and you're following you. And there's like a series of like 10 or 15 questions everybody's asking Yeah, and it's all pointed towards sell your stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you know what those are. So I'm just wondering for you, As a showrunner who kind of stepped into the world of what's being taught by the gurus and by the experts, what are you seeing in the marketplace for screenwriters?
0: You know, one thing I said during the last free webinar we did, we do a free webinar every three weeks. And I said something that I think a lot of people were like astounded by. I said, screenwriting is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And I think a lot of people are trying to sell you the complicated version so that you buy more from the. I'm the only one who can explain it to you. And uh, therefore you need need me. And like, I don't know, in the writer's room, that's just not how we approach writing. It's we t- simple. Um, I also think there's a lot of bad advice out there. I think, uh, you know, so I just, it, it, just be careful. Be careful who you're taking advice from. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's it's a, it's a little heartbreaking. Someone posted today, actually. I did a post and someone left a comment saying, Everything, everything this guy says, me, uh, is true because he was, just, he was a, he did coverage in a coverage service. Mm, he goes, yeah. yeah, people used to pay me for coverage. I didn't know anything, and I'm telling people what to do. You know, this is a, a gig this guy picked up. It, it didn't seem like, you know, a lot of people I know, not a lot of people, but I've heard stories of people who've done coverage for a temp job for a month or two and then left because they left feeling a little bit gross about themselves. Like, well, yeah. why am I? Why are you paying me? I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And so they left. <laughs> Okay. So this is the world that, so I guess I might've been leading the witness a little bit because my Mm -hmm. point is this is the world I understood because prior to meeting you and having, you know, the stars align and we met years ago and without me knowing who you were and everybody knows the story by now of how we know each other and became friends. Um, I was very much in that world and I was looking around trying to find that type of feedback and, and information. And you really shine the light on this for me that man, there's a lot of people out here pretending like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And I think you've done a valuable service in these first 103, 104 episodes of peeling back the curtain, explaining how the process works, educating mm-hmm. people. So I just wanted to reiterate there's a lot of value in what you've done. And yeah. that doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to provide value to your listeners who are screenwriters. I think you're just shifting into really the, the nut of it all, which is be a creative and do creative things because there's value in the act, not because you're trying to sell a pilot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and I talked you know, I I said something else that people kind of resonated with, maybe it's worth repeating. And I'll probably say again, in my webinars as I do more of them, but, you know, I interviewed, I know I directed Brian Cranston many years ago on a show called Glenn Martin. He was a guest star. It was an animated show, and uh, and I directed it. It was silly. He played a fun role, and he was fantastic. And then afterwards, I thanked him. We paid him probably eight hundred bucks. He wasn't doing it for the money, and I thanked him because that was scale. And he said, "Oh no, no, thank you." And I'm like, "Thank me? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're Brian Cranston." At the time, he was doing Breaking Bad, and he said, "It's just nice to get." have like a palate cleanser, as great as Breaking Bad was and probably my favorite show of all time, it was so dark that he was living with these negative emotions, anger, fear, jealousy, rage, all that stuff to be in the character. And when you are in that, you know, there's really, your mind doesn't know a difference. When you're playing this character 12, 14 hours a day in film, and you're, you know, you're acting angry and and, you know, vengeful and all that, whatever those emotions he had to play, your brain doesn't know the difference. You are you, that whole day. You've been angry and, ven- and vengeful. And then when you go home, how do you get it out of you? I mean, how do you? You just experienced all that all day, and and it just really made me think about what he what it's like to be an actor to 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 actually you know live in that. And so he he was thanking me because the script that we did was so light and fun. He was like, oh, it's like a palate. It was fun. It was a fun palate cleanser, which he needed. And then it just got me thinking a lot about just creativity as a whole. And then when people write, when they write their scripts, novels, whatever it is, regardless of whether you sell it or not, you are living, you are you're enjoying that burst of creativity and you're playing out all the characters in your head. And your your mind doesn't Know the difference between you, you know, pretending to jump out of a plane and you writing about jumping out of a plane. You're you're because you're you're trying to get it all on paper. You're really trying to live it in your heart, and so that I feel carries with you when you write, regardless of whether you sell it. Selling is a bonus. Great, you got money for it. But if you don't sell it, you still get that. You still get that that rush, that bonus. And so there's no reason not to write. You know, don't don't think of it as the 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 pot of gold is in the journey. It's not at the end of the rainbow.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about some of the statistics of the podcast. And I, I love that. I oh. want to circle back on that topic mm-hmm. of the va- you know, the journey, right? The joy is in the journey, not the destination, which I'm sure I'm slaughtering that saying. Uh, just, just some things, right? So 104 episodes of the podcast, over 200,000 downloads of the podcast. People from, I don't know how many continents, but just basing it off of the last webinar we did, this last saturday mm-hmm. i counted i counted probably 13 countries on about four continents right that's you a trip Ital- italy you've got yeah. europe you've got people in asia australia south america you know central america you got america you got canada i mean yeah. you've got people so it's a global reach at this point and you're kind of that's that weird. figurehead to put that out there <laughs>
0: that's so strange
1: yeah, yeah. so hundreds of thousands of downloads on the podcast, which is incredible. And that may not seem like a lot, but for the industry and for your niche, like mm-hmm. this is really good. These are great numbers for that. Yeah. Um, we've pulled some stats and you might know this a little bit better. At one point you were in the top three podcasts on screenwriting, is that right? Yeah, I was bouncing around. And on- we fluctuated between yeah. five, six, seven, ten. 10. Anybody yeah. who wants to help support, go leave a review, a written mm-hmm. review on iTunes. That does help a ton, um, but yeah. So, so major reach, major opportunity. When you started this, I wanted to ask, do you remember how many Instagram followers you had when we sat down in your garage and I talked about, here's what you need to do to be able to grow your following and do this? Do thousand. you remember how many? I don't remember. No, because it, oh. it wasn't something you're paying attention to. I didn't know. Yeah. But how many, how many Instagram followers do you have now? I it was less than, a th- would you say less than 1,000?
0: Probably. I, I, I I'm, it was like, I'm probably close to 160,000 now, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 160,000. Yeah. How many days have you missed posting on social media
0: since I we post, started two years ago? You know, I, I promised myself that I was going to post every day. So I post, I would say on average six days a week. So sometimes I take a day off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody looking to grow a following, again, Michael's telling you to do this. He's telling you to bring something to the table and you did yeah. this. And it's brutal. It's not like a 30 second recording. Mm -hmm. I mean, you communicated to me at one point, you're spending 20, 30 minutes on this every single day to get one video out because you're doing multiple takes Mm -hmm. and you're trying to condense it. You're thinking about it outside Mm -hmm. of that 30 minutes. You're then doing the technical and I don't post this for you. You Mm -hmm. do this, you post it, right? Um, Because you wanted to feel authentic. So there's work involved, but Mm -hmm. you're, again, you're eating your own medicine. You're yeah. doing what you tell people to do. You're putting yourself out there and two years down the road, basically nothing to 160,000 followers on Instagram.
0: Yeah. TikTok Go TikTok ahead, is, yeah, Well, TikTok is, yeah, like I think it's something like 444,000. Um, but, but that's the thing. It's like, I made a promise for myself it wasn't too ambitious. I didn't say I was going to post five times a day. I was like, sure. once a
1: day. And I think I was advocating for two to four, which is what the experts would tell you to do. And you said, that's not sustainable for me.
0: No way. No Especially way. for I, someone who
1: doesn't want to be in the limelight, which is you. Yeah. You very much were like, I don't want to be this person. I'm happy being a writer. But you have this project you want, which is your book. You want your I book also
0: book think first. it waters down a little bit the message if you're constantly, you know, I'd rather do quality than quantity. But yeah, all of it. I actually want to say, Phil, everything that I, all the advice that I give people about becoming a screenwriter or whatever, becoming whatever it is you want to be, a creator, um, is either advice that I have done, or I am currently doing. Yeah. So, you
1: yeah. know, so, so there's no hypocrisy here, which is a really yeah. key thing. Really yeah. key takeaway that people can learn from you. Be beyond the followers. Let's talk about what that's led to. Yeah. And definitely. And we saw this happening beforehand. You'd post a video about like, why aren't there cats in TV shows? And Yahoo would pick it up. And then all of the <laughs> writers on Tacoma FD would just give you crap for it because yeah. you popped up on their Yahoo yeah. page. Right. But, Beyond that and with your status and the work you put in, all of a sudden you become a trustworthy expert in your field Mm -hmm. because you have a following and you're noticed. It's not that your knowledge on the subject or your capacity as a writer has changed. Mm -hmm. You're the same capable person. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of interest in writing and Hollywood and you're the guy to go to because you have a following and you're known, Yeah. right? so this is the secondary effect of i want to get my work out there so i need followers so that i can have an audience to engage with and and potentially prove to people that there's a demand for what i have to put out yeah and and that turned into being covered on deadline the hollywood reporter the new york times variety and you're in deadline like 17 times by the way (laughs) yeah right you're uh-huh. in some local newspapers, Port News. You were with the AARP, oh. Portland TV. Yeah, the, the oldies, the, yeah. the seasoned, the seasoned yeah. writers of the world. Portland TV had you on for three segments on one of their shows. Yeah, and that I think that started a little bit before Good Day Sacramento, uh, multiple times in Yahoo, um, NRC.nl, which is New, uh, New Zealand. Is that right? NL is New I Zealand. Think so. I think so. Yeah, or the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, Scripps News, The Guardian, Newsweek, The Washington Post, News Junkie, right? Newsweek a couple times. And this last weekend, you were on CNN.
0: Yeah. It's nuts. They just reach out to me. I'm like, sure, I'll do it. Um, yeah. Would not have predicted any of this was going to happen two years ago.
1: Yeah. No. So it's not, you're not doing this for the fame. You're not yeah. doing any of this because you feel like you're going to get something out of it from your writing career you're doing yeah. it because your publisher says, "Hey, we don't care how many emails you have on your wife's business list or anything like that yeah. or how many people are interested <laughs> in your writing." Yeah. Which by the way, you know, prior to even 4 years ago, 10,000 emails was enough to get a book deal. And now oh, yeah. yeah, and that's I mean, I've seen that number of times from people. Uh-huh. Now it's like, "Yeah, you need followers. We don't care. and what I'm I'm putting you on the spot here, so I apologize, but I, I recall you telling me that you had specific feedback from some of these agents like man michael jamin can write i want to be his friend mm-hmm. you want, do you remember some of that do you want yeah. to like, talk a little bit about what some of those rejection letters were oh yeah i got to- i don't know if i have in front of me but but basically it was the- oh actually i do um
0: uh, this is not playing yeah. by
1: the way michael didn't know i was going to bring any of this i didn't stuff, know right? i i the whole the whole premise here is i was going to interview michael and talk about this stuff
0: so yeah i got letters from when i was first putting my book out there from publishers. Oh, we love this book. The guy doesn't have a following. He, they wrote to my agent. Do you have anybody who writes like this who does have a following? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was that crazy. Uh, yeah. They said platform drives acquisition. I said, what does that mean? You need to have a following. I said, well, what about the strength of the writing? Everyone loved the writing. What about the strength of the writing? Oh, no, 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 it's about what, what can we sell? I was yeah. like, damn, you know, and yeah. that really was a stab in the heart.
1: Yeah, and I think for the average creative, branching out of just writers, but the average creative, one rejection letter, and it's like, well, I guess that's not in it. I guess mom was right. I guess dad was right. I guess B- Billy's dad was right. Yeah. I, it's hard to be a writer. I should give up. And you hear yeah. about these people who submit over and over and over again until they finally break through. Yeah. And you took that and said, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to be a public figure. But I want I have this creative yeah. work that I know people need to read. And it's mm-hmm. a personal work that you did on your own. No one paid mm-hmm. you to do it. You wrote yeah. for free. And then which turn that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I Was gonna say man, I remember I get a text from you and you're like Phil, any chance you can come over? I want to talk to you about some marketing stuff. Yeah. And I come over to your come over to your garage. I break your chair. Let's see what I'd already <laughs> broken. <laughs> it's already broken, but okay. <laughs> had to replace uh, a chair. And I said he he asked me like what do I need to do? And I just laid out everything I knew. And then we started putting the wheels into to motion. That was. Roughly 25 months ago. 25 yeah, months
0: ago. Yeah. what a, tr- you know, and it's one of those things like, I didn't want to do it, so tough. Do you, how badly you do you want it? Uh, you know, how badly do you want it? And and there's, you know, there can be a downside to having whatever you want to call this level of fame is, it's internet fame, it's not, not famous, but you know, you are putting your, you know, you're getting, putting yourself out there for haters, for trolls, for wackos, all sorts of weirdos. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. believe how. I mean, do I have to tell you there are people on the internet are crazy? So um, there was that, uh, but I was like, well, this is this is what it takes now. So I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I, it actually made me mad when I was, you know, when the the publishers told me this. It's like, I just I was like furious. How dare you tell me what I can't do? You don't get to tell me what I can't do. Only I get yeah. to do that. And so they kind of just lit a fire under my ass. And then I when I re, I read this book. Oh my god. It it actually changed me. It's kind of a weird. I don't. I don't really want to plug the book because it's very new. I am
1: interested in this, but you can tell me. I'll tell
0: you. It's a very new. It was a very new agey book, and so a lot of the advice was like. eh, Some of the advice I thought was really good, and some of it was like, I don't know. I think you're you're going out on a limb with this one, but you know, it was one of those things. You take what you want. You you leave the rest. And what convinced me was this one passage where he said. It's all, you know, you've already gotten what you wanted. It just hasn't happened yet. Mm. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It just hasn't ha. I got, I already have it. It just hasn't happened yet. And then I was like, all right, what do I need to do to make it happen? That's
1: it. Yeah. I remember you, you remember you reading me that exact quote several times yeah. throughout this whole process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote. So, you know, you, and I, and I always tell people on my podcast or whatever here, or I, t- I say it on, um, you know, the webinar, I was like, this is what you need to do uh, if you're willing to do it. Then you need a l- skill. We don't know your level of skill. And then you need a little bit of luck. Um, yeah, of course. But here's what you can do to increase your odds. Are you willing to do it? And most people aren't, Yeah, so fine.
1: Well, well that's my point about the podcast, right? The average podcast um, is six episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's because the consistency, the lack of immediate gratification, Oh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I only got three people to listen to my sixth episode. Yeah. And I put a thousand dollars to get four episodes mm. made or whatever it is. Like, yeah. That's enough to turn people off. But this is kind of your whole point is, okay, move on. And th- there's nothing wrong with learning that you're not fit for something. There's something wrong with, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I understand that something I want to do. Uh, maybe doing it the Hollywood way is not the right way for me. Right. So instead I'm going to go back to just doing it on my own and I'm going to make short films and I'm going to, you know, support my local film community. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with recognizing, Hey, I've got family require obligations. Right. So I'm not going to be able to move to New York and right. try to get my art in a gallery. So I'll just paint on the weekends and I'll just take that hour to myself every day to just put in the work on my craft. And you never know what can come from that. Yes. The point is, Mm -hmm. yeah but the point is it's about sticking with what it is and that's i think your message that i've heard i don't know that i want to say that it's evolved i don't know it's ever evolved i think it's been Mm -hmm. always been your message which is um if you want to make it happen you got to make it happen but the art of the act of doing is enough right as you said the the goal the pot of gold at the rainbow is not the pot of gold it's the experiences along the way finding the pot of gold that are the pot of gold
0: But also it's like, when you put energy into something, legit energy, not like thinking or dreaming, but when you actually do the work, things have a way of manifesting. Like, oh, there's opportunities have a way of appearing because you've put work into it. Like, you know, like these various, you know, press opportunities that I've done and other things that have sprung out because of that. It's like, that's just from doing the energy of posting on social media and just sharing as much knowledge as I can. uh, Yeah, with with zero
1: expectation of getting back you're planting seeds that hopefully will uh, produce produce fruit when your book is available and people yeah. can buy it on Audible and buy a paperback or a hardcover. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: yeah. you're
1: self-publishing at this point too. So yeah. still you've made yeah. the decision not to go with a traditional publisher, even though at this point you have hundreds of thousands of followers.
0: Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my content, and I know you do because you're listening to me, I will email it to you for free just join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos of the week. These are for writers, actors, creative types, people like you. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you. And the price is free. You got no excuse. To join, go to michaeljammin.com slash watch lists. And now back to
1: what the hell is Michael Jammin talking about? When you'd ask people, what, how many followers do I need? They couldn't tell you. No, they just knew you needed followers, but they didn't know what the number was. And then I
0: got resentful. Okay, now that I have these followers, why am I cutting you in? Tell me exactly why I'm cutting you in. What exactly do you do? Yeah, nothing. They get me in Barnes and Noble. That's it. But people don't buy books at Barnes and Noble. They buy it online. Why am mm-hmm. I cutting you in? It made me mad. It made me legit. In the beginning, I was like, I need, I need you. And I was like, I don't need you. What do I need you for?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, How freeing is that feeling?
0: It's wonderful. I um. I just gave my I got my copy back from you know my copy editor read the whole thing and gave me, you know, whatever, looking for typos and stuff like that. And um, and he loved it. He and this is a yeah. professional he's like, how do I share I wanna give this to my friends? I was like, oh thank you. You know. Um yeah. but it's one of those it's like, why am I cutting it's just like this this is the year is it's 2023. It's like you don't we don't need you don't need to ask for permission from these people. That the the publishing is very the side of the business is very similar to Hollywood in the sense that, what do we need these people for? What, like you know you don't need Hollywood if you want to do you don't you just don't yeah. you can do it
1: yourself. Yeah. On that note, I went to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu today and it was a smaller class middle of the day. There were literally two other people besides me. They're both instructors. It was like paying for a private, which was awesome. And in some downtime, I was talking to one of the guys. He's like. He's like, yeah, I quit doing jujitsu for like five years. I was like, oh, why'd you stop? And he's like, well, you know, a couple of years ago, I lost everything Um, I was doing, worked in, you know, I'm an actor and I worked in the industry. And then that started a conversation. And then he started telling me about all the stuff he's doing now. And he's like, we just decided to do it ourselves. We're making short films, we're putting it out there. We're winning tons of awards on the festival circuits. Um, and he's in. he's been in Netflix shows. He's been in things, he has an IMDb page, you know? So he's not right. just some guy, he right. has talent and skill. And he's even going out and it in. And I was like, dude, good for you. Yeah, what do good you, for what, yeah. You.
0: But when you look at the people who break, the people who who are breaking in today, they're all doing what I've done, what I'm doing. It's like the people for the most part are not, begging for work, they're making work for themselves and they're making they're yeah. getting, making a name for themselves. And so yeah. they're
1: building, building
0: equity in their own name as opposed yeah, to like values. knocking on doors and begging, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I know we've touched on this in, in a past podcast, but I've heard an agent refer to it as plus, writer plus. Like what is the plus you're bringing to the table? So if you're, if you, maybe it's a following, maybe it's IP, Maybe, right. you know, maybe you wrote a book that's a Amazon bestseller. Maybe it's, um, you worked at the onion and you're coming in with some clout because you had that experience, right? Maybe you yeah. were right on the Harvard Lampoon, whatever it is, there's a plus and a following is a plus, but that's the value add. It's yeah. not enough to, and you've told me this before and, and I've quoted it often. And I think about it when I write, um, and this was, man, this was like seven, six, seven years ago. You mm-hmm. read something I wrote in film school, and it was a spec of uh, Mr. Robot. And he said, "Phil, it's obvious you're a competent writer, and this is really good, but that's the problem. It's not great. Yeah. And so it's not enough to be good. You have to be great. Mm-hmm. But you also need something else, and you have to be willing to put that out there and get that work done. And right. that might, you know, to me, you know, I've, I've been very hesitant to, to grow following because of the public nature of that and and some yeah. of those things, but." And you tell me, you know, some of the things you have to deal with in your DMs and people saying yeah. things, anti-Semitic things, like it's all kinds crazy. of horrible things Yeah, and you and you still stick it out and you do it. But, um, yeah, it's the plus for me might be my skill set and technology. It might be my, right. my, my ability to run social media pro campaigns right. to the point where searchlights in this formerly Fox searchlight, but searchlights people, when they meet me are, are like, man, I need to fill on every project we have. And it's. That's just the hustle and the grind, and and you all have that. You listening to this, have that, that's
0: that. exactly right. And Phil, this is what I was going to say as well. Is everyone listening to this, take inventory of what you have. For you, Phil, it's your vast knowledge of digital marketing. But for other people, they have other skills. So yeah, take advantage of what you have, and then you know incorporate that towards building your your brand or whoever you are. Um, yeah, and, we might and, have talked. Go ahead. Well, it's just like if you if you're a truck driver. And you're like, what do I got? I drive a, tr- a long distance truck. Dude, you got a lot because you have, I don't know, whatever, 10 hours on the road where you're with nothing but your thoughts, turn off the radio, not a lot of jobs like that where you can actually think and do your job at the same time, think about something else. And so, yeah, you could write your, write your screenplay, take notes you know, in, in, into a recorder. And then when you mm-hmm. stop the car later or the truck later, type it up a little bit and make you know make notes but that that's a huge asset you have which is you have time you actually have time where you can think and and concentrate on something while you do your job that's a huge sky
1: time blue sky time is hard it's the space and the the stillness that is hard to generate in a chaotic life with family and obligations and work so if you can find it and you know reiterating one of the most powerful notes you've given me which is do you listen to audiobooks or podcasts in the car and i said yeah and you said don't
0: I don't don't listen think, to think me I, either. I, think I turn a story, off. yeah, think yeah, about write right story. story, yeah, what is right. the
1: problem I'm trying to solve? Mm-hmm. a huge breakthrough for me in my ability to to spend time' because I was so busy packing my day with so many obligations the, the yeah. time I was spending like hours in l a traffic doing runs for the show, yeah, and I ke- it's like, oh, here's the space, right, yeah, so it's a right. great note, but everyone everyone has that that note, right, and going back to something you said earlier luck is not you know you talked about everyone needs a little bit of luck but that definition and i think i shared this in like episode three luck is where opportunity meets preparation yeah yeah it's the preparation it's the time spent you know it's the other adage when's the best time to grow a tree 20 years ago yeah when's the second best time right now because you don't have a tree so get out and build a tree grow your tree right yeah so Yeah, man. Kudos to you for putting in the work and the effort. You know, and, and I'm close enough as your friend. I've been able to see this and see your growth and, and your your push to to be able to do this. And I'll also say that you know, even as someone that I consider to be a competent, functional adult who's very mm. successful, I've noticed your resilience increase quite a bit. Over My resilience.
0: Years. Yeah, what, and that's
1: not way? saying that's not saying that you were you were some pushover or anything. I'm not say, suggesting that in the slightest but i've just noticed that your ability to to just take the bumps and the bruises of all of the bs you're dealing with yeah it's just made you i think a little bit more focused and clear on what you want out of it and that's why you have this reaction this is my interpretation that's to me why you're having this reaction to the publishers now it's like why am i giving you any of this yeah you didn't fight the fight i fought the fight i've been here i've been in here day in day out so screw you and that's a level of resiliency and confidence i think that I'm mean, not saying you didn't have that. It's just, it took a lot re- for me to get it there. Things.
0: It took a lot for me to change the, to get there. But it was like, you know, maybe on the second book, what maybe I'll do with them or not. I, I don't know. But I also know they haven't earned my, they haven't earned my book. <laughs> they, no. you know, they haven't. They did, what? Are they? And I've also heard too many stories from, uh, from friends of mine who have had books traditionally published where. They just, like the marketing department drops the ball and they, yeah. they, they promise one thing and then they, they're wall, and then that's it. Because you don't, at that point, you don't have the margin to uh, to do any more marketing on your own. So it's it's dead. Yeah. And so I, I, it was never about the money for me, but I became a little angry uh, as, as I was building this up. I was like, well, why am I cutting you in? Doesn't make sense to me. What do you bring yeah. to the table? Nothing other than Barnes and Noble, which I don't really care about, but it's like, okay, Sure, if, they, if it was 1982, I might worry about that.
1: Yeah, th- this is, uh, I think, clicking for me. You're familiar with David Goggins, the former Navy SEAL? I don't think so. He wrote a book called You Can't Hurt Me. And uh-huh. he talks about how he was just brutally abused as a kid by his father. And then uh-huh. what that taught him to do was to be able to just separate his pain. And it created a lot of mental toughness to the point that he was in the U.S. He was in the Air Force, tried Air Force Special Operations. He became a Navy SEAL. He went through three hell weeks because he kept getting rolled back for injuries at a point where he had fractured um, legs and he would duct tape them so that they wouldn't hurt when he was doing runs. I mean, he runs, he ran a hundred miler in one day with no preparation to the point that his kidneys were failing. And he just does ultra marathons nonstop. He's just kind of this figure. He's become a bit of a meme with the same younger people, but I've known about him for a few years. And he tells, he talks about his book and he's like, I got offered $300,000 from a publisher for my book. Hmm. And I just thought, you haven't been through what I've been through. You haven't, like, and he, it's basically what you're saying. It's like, you haven't earned this the way I have. Is this worth three, is my life worth $300,000? And he said, no. So he took all of his savings, which was about 300,000. And he self-published his own book. New York Times bestseller. Uh-huh. Published did the hardbacks did the whole thing why did it take him 300,000 to make a book It shouldn't have taken a fraction of that he did all of the publishing himself so he published it was self he didn't publish through like a self publisher like Amazon he oh. didn't even want to partner with Amazon so he oh. became his own publisher oh, so okay. he literally printed up hundreds of thousands of copies Yeah, and then he leveraged all of his relationships with like <laughs> the Rogans and all these people with these platforms because mm. of the life and the experience that he had and multiple times Bestseller, millions of copies sold. Wow, good for him! And he's a millionaire because of that effort. So it's that same resilience mindset, I think, that Mm. you're I'm hearing from you, and that's probably why I made that connection.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I just like screw people. (laughs) You know, I'll do it myself. I don't need you. You know, that's how I feel. Whatever, I'll do it myself. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But the, before we talk about the new podcast, I just wanted to see are there any um takeaways for you over the last year? Are there anything that really stood out moments or I think, conversations we've had with other you, you with other people or us on the yeah. podcast or with other students in your course. If you listen to some of those
0: all other episodes where I'm interviewing people, you'll hear v- various versions of the same story that I tell. You know, their their own ver- which is kind of like screw it, I'll just do it my own. Like I, you know, it's it's just people it, the reason why people are—I interview, I guess, successful people—and the reason why they're successful is because they haven't quit yet. They, that's it. Yeah. They just—they just didn't get around to quitting. Uh, and so, uh, I think that's what it is. Like until you quit, you're just a success that hasn't happened yet. It just hasn't wow. happened yet. Yeah. 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 Which is why
1: you don't quit. Yeah. Any anything else stand out to you?
0: I don't know. Can you think
1: of something? Um. You know I, I the one lingering thought that i have is i think that people are, you set a really good example for people on your social media about how to handle naysayers oh. because you get a lot of negativity yeah. and you talked about this like you could you could go after them like you're a professional comedy writer yeah <laughs> they don't they don't stand a chance like, yeah and i've have, i have witnessed just the the witty quickness the decimation of a soul in a writer's room all in love, but yeah. the, the capability of a professional comedy writer to just that, tear someone down. And it's almost like with great power comes great responsibility. That yes. cliche from Spider-Man, right? It's like yeah. you opt to take the high road, which is...
0: And I'm always torn by that because sometimes i like, I can easily take you down. And sometimes I do if it's warranted. If they come out with me with a certain amount of energy, then I can match the energy. But um, I, I, I'm torn. I also feel like, well, it's, it's not enough that I... On one hand, I tell people I'm a comedy writer, but unless I show it every once in a while, people are, how are they gonna believe me? And so it's a line that I dance, I dance. It's like, I don't
1: i don't wanna be but mean, it, but I also wanna- neg- to- It's not negative energy. Like it's not done with like maliciousness. It's done yeah. playfully, yeah. but I think it just, you stand up for yourself when it's appropriate. And yeah. uh, again, that speaks to some of that resiliency. That Again, you could decimate them you restrain I, I'm pulling, yourself I'm totally pulling punches believe me when I say I'm
0: pulling because I'll, I'll, sometimes I've got a bunch of yeah. clips I haven't posted yet because I, I, I write them I'll spend a half hour on them and then I, I'll sit on it because I don't feel it, and then I look at the next day I go oh I, I can't I can't yeah. put that on it's funny but, but I, it's just too mean that's so.
1: the adage of when you're at work and you want to send that email don't send yeah. it write don't. it out don't send yeah. it get I, it out of your system move on right I took the the guy a guy
0: apart the other day I just haven't shared it so screw it you know
1: yeah. so <laughs> he, <laughs> he, does he doesn't that guy. He don't even share those you don't even share those with me so yeah
0: yeah yeah so, you know but also yeah. i also I, I do and i made a post about this with that as like it was like how do i want to show up every day how do i want to be seen and i don't want to be the mean guy i don't want to be a bully uh so you know I, i'm allowed to think my negative thoughts i don't have, i don't always have to share them
1: yeah you know yeah no, and I, that's a valuable lesson for people in a world where, as I've often said, you remove the opportunity to get punched in the face for anything you say or do, and all of a sudden people start speaking up a little bit more than they probably should. And I'm not advocating mm-hmm. for violence, mm-hmm. but even a verbal punch to the face can often be enough. And mm-hmm. it's pretty easy in our society to just sit behind your keyboard and yeah. have zero consequences for what you say mm-hmm. and do. Yeah. And I call this out. I call this out in our webinars because while you're talking, you know. Cynthia, your wife is doing a great job of just kind of getting questions and I'm just kind of checking the chat to see what people are talking about. And man, there's some there's some trolls rolling into your webinar too. And I just do. Ne- being- I,
0: thank you, I never see them. Do you block them? What do you do?
1: No, no, no. people take care of it. They take care of it, right? Oh, okay. And, and and we can talk about another experience we had where someone went after me on a podcast too. Right? Uh, right, like nepotism, right. Oh, right. Nepotism, do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like called me out for like nepotism yeah. and all that. Um, yeah. and yeah, your, your listeners had my back and they went after them and it's, yeah. it's just a very stark difference between the community you've cultivated of yeah. people who are just respectful, sincere, creative, yeah. looking to break in and chase their dreams and all the right. people who say they want to do it and are not putting in the yeah. work.
0: Right. So the, in the nepotism on your part, to be clear, is like, that's, I, I suppose that was when you were in and out of foster care as a child. Is that when you experienced all the nepotism? Yeah, you know, it might have. It that? might have been that. It <laughs> might have been
1: when I was in the group homes. It could have been when I lived in my aunt and uncle's house, and I couldn't do sports because I had to work effectively yeah. full time in high school. Um, yeah, could have been any of those times. Could have yeah. been any of those times. Yeah, right. But, so but your you. point, your point to that was, um, like, you knew one person tangentially through some girl, and when you moved here, yeah, right? There's, there yeah. wasn't even nepotism for you, and I knew you. Yeah, and yeah, I've been blessed to have that opportunity, <laughs> but we've seen enough people come and go. You, you have to earn it. Right? It's so funny
0: yeah. when I tell that story. I when I moved to Hollywood, I knew no one in Hollywood. But a girl I was friendly with in high school, she was a year younger than me. I found out that her brother was living in Hollywood and was trying to do what I did, which is Bright sitcom writer. And so I called him up, and then we wound up becoming roommates. But then when I tell that story, people go, "Oh, so you did know someone?" It's like. I knew some guy. He was just he as, as just as unsuccessful as me, you know. And, and we became roommates. He was just a couple years older than me, and you know, it's like so. I that's I guess that's how I knew someone.
1: But, th- but that highlights this thing I was gonna say, and it's just a, a quote that stuck with me for years. I think it comes from Jim R- Jim Rohn, which is you know, there's two ways to have the tallest building. One is to build the tallest building, right? Which you have done. The other way is to tear everyone else's building down. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're afraid to pursue your craft sometimes tearing everyone else down is a bit easier than facing the empty page or the blank canvas.
0: It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier.
1: And the high road, which you've yeah. it, it been an example for, an example oh, right. right, is just put your head down, do the work, provide value, and yeah. then the benefits will come eventually.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 And I hope this doesn't seem like, I really hope this episode doesn't seem like we're just patting me on the back. I hope it serves to no. be to get you guys to do what I'm doing in your own in your own way for whatever you want to do.
1: And Michael saying that because Michael didn't know what I was going to talk about or, or bring up here. This is me bringing this up because these are the the things that I've observed as your friend, as you know, a co-host on the podcast, but also just as someone who's just trying to do the same thing that everybody who listens to your podcast is trying yeah. to do, which is break yeah. in and chase their dreams. Yeah, I'm do, I'm doing
0: I'm exactly like you guys, only I'm yeah. doing it for 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 writing. That's all. You know, for publishing.
1: Which which speaks to the transition to the podcast, right? Which is the title of the podcast. What the hell is Michael
0: Michael Jamin talking about?
1: Yeah. What the hell is Michael Jamin talking about? Um, At this point, you can see the cover's changed. So it's going to be the same feed. You don't need to go resubscribe. None of the old episodes are rebranding. They'll still be live and available the way they were. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just a shift into talking about creative things. And I think you got some cool stuff to kind of display. I guess people might have already heard the intro um, oh,
0: we could do that. If we yeah, put it on
1: this episode, but you want yeah. to talk more about that, the podcast and the impetus for the change and, and why we, uh, why we well, were here?
0: The, yeah, well, there was that. The new music is by my friend, Anthony Rizzo, who did all the music. He was the, comp- the composer on Marin. Uh, it wasn't my friend then i just met him on marin and then uh he also did the music for my book paper orchestra which will be dropping hopefully this winter I'll keep pushing it Yeah back we have we haven't really talked work. about
1: that you've put in a ton of energy and effort into recording the yeah. audiobook and making it like your live events which i wanted to point out part of this transition and You've always you've always talked about how when you're in a writer's room, you end up acting out the parts. like when you're doing Hank on King of the Hill, you do Hank's voice, and you kind of mimic when you're doing Bobby, you do it. So you've always been a performer, but not. I don't know if you've been a performer in the sense that you are. With a paper orchestra where it's a stage show and you're there and you're being vulnerable and emotional and you're making it a thing and you're practicing and you're working with talented coaches like your wife cynthia who's very talented actress, and jill sholin who is a legendary actress Mm -hmm. uh, and you're getting you're investing in all this coaching to put on a presentation or performance for people and i have not heard your audiobook but what i understand is it's going to be very similar a similar experience to coming to a live show
0: yeah, I think so, uh, it, it, and it's a, it'll be a little more intimate than a live show because I'm in your ear because it's an audio book. Mm-hmm. I'm much closer to your brain, but that, that's kind of. And I want to talk to more creators like this. But what, what I'm personally inspired by right now, and that maybe it'll change in five years, but I'm inspired by people who tell their who tell and perform their own stories. To me, there's something. So you're an actor, or you're, you have to be a writer and a performer at the same time, and supposed to doing something like creating something, that's fine. But when you're telling your own story, it's like, man, it's like, you're really, you're really putting yourself out there. And I think that's, that's when I see people do it, I'm like, all right, that's interesting. maybe I'll change in, in five years. So it's like, I mean, standups do that, but they don't do it. They're going for the laugh usually. They're not usually going deeper than that, which is fine. That's people, you know, when you go into a, a comedy club, that's what you expect. Uh So that's kind of what I've been, exploring and being uh, motivated by um yeah.
1: that's another yeah. michael jamanism that stood out to me. I literally wrote it down when you were talking earlier. Go there. Right? Yeah. You have to be willing to go there. And yeah. we talked about people who are not willing to go there and we've heard people other writers say I'm not willing to go there. Yeah. And you've called it out privately. I mean like did you hear that person? Did you hear what they said? And it's yeah. you have to be willing to go there. And for a long time I wasn't and through your help i've been able to do that but yeah you're you're talking to people who go there yeah that's the job saying. if you don't want the
0: job find another job yeah. you know it's that emotional
1: it. vulnerability mm-hmm. and being willing to put yourself out there and not just on a social media perspective but truly emotionally vulnerable right. in your stories and what you've called mining your life for stories and yeah putting that out there
0: yeah yeah that's to me that's the exciting stuff, and I I, I didn't invent this, so uh, it's just when I see others do it, I'm like, wow, I, I, why sh- I should be doing that too? So
1: yeah, so obviously I'm not necessarily a co-host of this any anymore. I'm still helping produce the thing. We're still making sure that. That's but you'll happening. be here I'm a lot, Phil. side. I'll still be popping in on podcasts. We'll be episodes. still be talking about screenwriting. I'm sure. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and I had this cool experience, and I don't think we've talked about this. When I was um, touring with the Broken Lizard guys doing their social media. Um, just sitting there talking to them and seeing this rabid fan base of people who just love them from this thing that they created. Yeah. When they did it, they put themselves out there. Yeah, And it really lit that like our tour spirit I had back in 2008 nine, when I was really dedicating myself to screenwriting. And I have actually been working on a feature that I would like to star in and direct and do that whole thing on the indie level, just as talking. an exercise. What about as myself. a short
0: first? Why not doing it as a short?
1: could definitely do that, yeah. Uh, to Why me, not? To me, there's a feature in there for sure that I want to write and just get out of me, but uh, mm-hmm. definitely worth doing a doing a short,
0: yeah. Go watch, as we talk about this, go watch on Vimeo, I think, Thunder Road. Do you, that yeah. scene we talk about? Go watch yep. the church, the churching, because that was a feature, but that scene stands on its own. If you just saw yeah. that scene, uh, you would have thought, oh, it's a short. I, I thought it was a short. I thought it was a great short. I didn't realize it was part of a bigger, so do something like that. And and then yeah. when people see that and they're blown away, you'll say, oh, well, there's more to come. Just uh, I need you to donate $5,000. <laughs> and that, then they pay for the rest, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. So yeah, so, so anyway, the, this beautiful kind of shift in the tide of creativity and your shift and that kind of rubs off. What can we expect from the podcast in terms of guests you're interviewing? Um, oh. What does that look like for you? I, you know, it's, I reach out. I, I got to continue to do more. I, I'm doing another one tomorrow.
0: I'll be reaching out. These guys really inspire me. So there's there's a movie that I saw on Netflix many years ago. I don't know, maybe five years ago from these guys called The Minimalists. So I reached out to one of them. He's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. And it, 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 they're fascinating. It's Joshua Fields Milburn. And he's the one coming on. And he's gracious enough to come on. And I'm sure he's going to think we're going to talk about The message, and the message is very important. The message is how you can live, how you can have more in your life with less, how you don't need to buy this, how you'll be happier if you get rid of that. Um, Mm -hmm. A great message, but he's in for a surprise because we'll talk about that, but I really want to talk about how he created himself, how he, okay, then how did you sell a show on Netflix? Okay, now what is it like to be this person? Because he wasn't, he was just some guy who's middle management before he did this. And now he's the guy who has this message, even though the message has already been said before by other people. He still put a different spin on it. To me, and that's some that's I find that inspiring. That's somebody who invented himself. What does that feel like? What are the insecurities that come with that? What is this new fame-ish thing that he has? How does that feel? Uh, How does he continue to push himself? I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to the the interview. I'm I'm curious to hear. And I, don't, I bet you he hasn't spoken about that. Yeah, I, I, that's awesome. I did a, an interview. I don't know if it's, no, it hasn't aired yet. The guy I follow, uh, a prop master that I follow on TikTok named Scott and uh, Scott Reader. And he- He's, he's great, he's big, I follow him too. Yeah. He's great. He just talks about all the props and and how he makes these props. And we spoke a little bit about that, but we were more talking about who he? Who, how he invented himself? Now and after a, halfway through the interview, he says to me, "This is the best interview anyone's ever done," <laughs> because I wasn't—I didn't really care about the the boring stuff. I want to know how he invented himself, because that's what all of us, I, I think, need are trying to do right now. You know, we, we, that's part of before we die. We got to. Let's. Who else can we be before we die? Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah that's uh that's profound man i'm i'm excited you know i've loved listening to the interviews you've already done on screenwriters need to hear this yeah i'm looking forward to those um it's good stuff man i'm just really pumped for this new stage and again i do think it just speaks a little bit more to who you've become because you've you've not that you've outgrown yourself as a writer it's just you've 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 evolved a bit as a person into being a bit more than that um and and yeah I, i hesitate to even say that too because i know you, this is who you are. This is who you have been. But you this is what moved. writers do. I think it's like, all right, what else can
0: we explore here? Or, you know, that's part of the fun part. That's the fun part of being being a writer is that you that's, get carp, right? You get carp blanche to try new things because oh, like I maybe I can write about this. Worst case scenario, I can write. I can make a story from it.
1: That's I was about to say. That's advice you've given me multiple times, which is yeah, it's a write off. You can go, go go take a basket weaving class, right? Yeah. Go take a go take a dance class. Mm-hmm. Why? It's an experience. Yeah. Go t- go take an acting class. And I remember you did a workshop in acting for life. Mm-hmm. And it was a comedy workshop and you were kind enough to invite me to attend that. And I was already studying with Cynthia and, and Jill at the time there. And um yeah, I remember you just putting out that same thing like it's great you're studying acting. It's going to make you a better writer. And yep. you've given that advice on the podcast too. So it's really fascinating to me and I'm just kind of realizing this in this moment like man, I thought I was getting all this great free advice that was particular to Phil Hudson and now you're just giving it to everybody, man. <laughs> Everyone get it. I hope so.
0: I'd like to try to do, we'll see if I can make that happen where I kind of go to, that's something I'm, I'm gonna try to make happen where I can tour to different cities, put on a show and the next day, maybe a writing, a writing seminar afterwards in that city to help, uh, you know, so I can t- to help offset some of my costs. So, uh, and then we can just, you know, talk about writing that day have a little writing workshop or something so maybe i'll try to do that um, yeah that's
1: all awesome. it's awesome this first i've heard of that that sounds like a
0: great yeah idea. we're th- it's just because there's so many things that happen have to happen before that there's i got i got so much on my plate right now i can't even think about that but it's it's we were talking
1: about that i wouldn't that be interesting it's a great idea um, well i imagine cynthia will be with you yeah 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 and that's awesome because now you're getting someone who's been on like seinfeld and the friends and just all yeah. a great i mean very talented very and i will say not only talented but very um perceptive right oh yeah and i i think i've shared this on here too but there was this moment where like i just couldn't get there like i just couldn't get there jill's just saying like like what are you feeling And i was like i don't know and she's just like she turns to the class and she's like what is everyone what's he feeling everyone's like he's mad like i didn't Mm -hmm. even realize i was mad and then like the next class i'm struggling like in the scene and then jill's like what are you, what are you struggling with what's going on i was like i don't know and then cynthia's like is it the intimacy is he having trouble with the intimacy of the scene and i was like holy shit uh, yeah i think yeah. that's what it is yeah. i'm not willing to go here and i had to work through all this stuff so she's just so so perceptive and so mm-hmm. kind you can't even be like it's not even you're not even mad she's calling you out because it's done with so much love and compassion like, it's a beautiful thing
0: we've had these moments by the way when she directs me from my audiobook where the outtakes are not pretty <laughs> The outtakes are me yelling but um it's funny i do one of the stories in my book is called the house on witherspoon street where i'm a kid in college they're all true stories and um and it builds to me giving an on-air interview to this woman who's this eccentric woman who had a talk show she was lovely but she's you know larger than life and uh and it's in the book and it's and then my editor said yesterday he goes Do you happen to have that interview? And I was like, Well, actually, I think I do. And I found the cassette from over from thirty years ago, and uh, so we'll put it in the bonus section of the book. Where you now you can hear me. (laughs) You can hear me as a nineteen-year-old or whatever it was uh, in um, as has that scene unfolded. That's like Steve
1: Lamy's breakdancing commercial.
0: But it's but it's stranger than that because you'll know now what I was thinking in my head while, oh, that's awesome, while it was going on. so It's a great point. Yeah, it's a fun it's, little thing.
1: It's, it's cool stuff, man. I, I love it. I'm pumped. Um, you know, it's a good shift for you. I think it's a good shift for your audience. I think it opens it so. up a little bit. It's a little bit more accessible to your audience because your audience is is far more than just writers. It's Right, creators. I don't want to just,
0: when I call screenwriters you hear this, well, I mean I don't want to be a screenwriter? Well, okay, but do you want to do anything creative? You know? Yeah, yeah sure I do. I want to write a poem. Okay, good, no, you, hey, listen. You can let like, the other make, thing
1: is, th- how does this apply to novel writing? How does this ri- apply to playwriting? And we have a testimonial video from a guy who does financial writing. and He took your uh-huh. course and he's like, it made my financial writing better because he's able oh, to tell a better story about yeah. finances in a finance yeah. journal. Yeah, you know?
0: but uh, and and stories are what gets people hooked. Whatever you want to sell, you sell it with a story because people are interested in hearing a story, you know. And very
1: often, that's you, right? It's you in the room, it's your idea, it's your acting it's your art it's all of that is story and um, i hope to
0: by the way i hope to do some more public speaking so if anyone has a works at a corporation and you want me to do public speaking we we have a number of um talks we can can talk about
1: we can talk about that michael i do a lot of that with some clients oh really oh good we'll talk about that keynote marketing yeah, well, good stuff. Anything you want to add? I mean, I we had talked, I think, a little bit about potentially putting the music on. I think everybody's already heard the music on They've heard some the of it. Oh, it's funky. Do you, uh, do it's you want a to play it? Let's look, play some of it. Okay, I got to share it, my- you know, and So you're going to share it with me, and then we'll yeah. have Dallas cut in the actual track. Dallas is our editor. We'll have him put in the track. Um, All right. So that you can hear it raw, not through Zoom.
0: Here's my theme Which, song as composed by Anthony Rizzo. It was the composer from Marin who did all he also did the score for my audiobook
1: Yeah, yeah, it was just fun, and I don't know. It kind of puts a smile on my face. Makes it me want to me, hear more. This is a random thought I don't know if thought about in a long time. But I was like driving to Utah one time, and I stopped at a gas station in Nevada, and there was a song playing, and it was like, it was that song "Everybody Walked the Dinosaur"? Yeah, remember yeah, what? yeah, yeah. That by by was not was. I had that album. Do you do you remember this? I put it on my social media, and you like commented and like talked about that song. Yeah. No, uh, I
0: don't. But that's was. I, no one's ever heard of was not was. But Don was okay. was the. Uh,
1: was the guy, who wrote yeah, it? that song was on a gas station pump, and I posted it, and I was like, "What a jam!" Because and it then is, you were like, "Yeah, I know who that is." You talked about it. Was yeah. not was. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very uh, got the same vibe. It's good, good stuff. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, cool. is that it, Phil? Did we are we done? Did we hit it?
1: I think so. I mean, yeah. Just uh, reiterating to people, you're still providing free screenwriting advice, free writing advice, and creative advice through your newsletter, the watch list, you can go to com slash newsletter to access that or slash watch list. Um, Your upcoming shows, you'll tour, your your tour will be coming up at some point.
0: Go to com slash upcoming. And a lot of this, by the way, I have to thank just the people who, my listeners, people who comment and follow me on social media, because they're like, wow, I'm not even a writer, but all this applies to what I could do at work. (laughs) I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, thank you, I'm glad it does for you. Uh, You know, so that kind of feedback helps me, so.
1: Yeah. Well, awesome stuff. I mean, we're not getting rid of the screenwriting course. We're not getting rid no. of any of that stuff that's still there at MichaelJammond.com. Go Lots sign up for free the free social...
0: free webinar, at slash webinar. We got a yeah. new one. Yeah. We're always changing things up. So come come see us there. Phil's Phil's there as well.
1: I am there messing stuff up on the technical side. So Thank if God you can't you're there. unsubscribe, it's my fault. It's a, a <laughs> lot of any technical issues, just blame them on me.
0: But uh, uh, we're working through them well michael all right. it's been it's been
1: a pleasure to do this podcast with you for two years man i can't believe that just went by i've had two and thank had you and Phil.
0: thank you for all your help doing this uh and your support so yeah i mean this of is course.
1: you've been incredibly helpful so yeah. my honor man and looking forward to this next stage of your, yeah. of your journey here too it's great yeah all
0: right buddy all right everyone thank you again for listening start funking out let's hit that hit that funky beat
1: is that is that the new outro? Not stop, right, keep riding. Oh, yeah. yeah, it? well, it'll be
0: what? Funk keep out. Keep that funky funk out. Keep, keep get the get funk get the, out. Get the funk out. All right, everyone, get the <laughs> funk out. <laughs> All right, thanks so much.
1: See you.
0: So, now we all know what the hell Michael Jamin's talking about. If you're interested in learning more about writing, make sure you register for my free monthly webinars at Michaeljamin.com webinar. And if you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please share it with a friend and consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. That really, really helps. For more of this, whatever the hell this is, follow Michael Jammon on social media at michaeljamminwriter.com and you can follow Phil Hudson on social media at Phil A. Hudson. This podcast was produced by Phil Hudson, it was edited by Dallas Crane, and music was composed by Anthony Rizzo. And remember, you can have excuses, or you can have a creative life, but you can't have both. See you next week.